<laughs> oh my gosh here we are day one of re plus 23 day one just uh, got all set up which i'm assuming stands for renewable energy yes i believe that is, that is a safe assumption yes yes yes, yes. Okay. yes very good and um yeah this is huge Twenty-seven thousand attendees this is definitely the biggest conference we have ever done this it's almost yeah. overwhelming it, uh, currently, I am overwhelmed, but uh, once we get into it, uh, I'm sure it'll uh, calm back down. And I'm sweating because like, been running around like chickens with our head cut off this morning, trying yeah. to get set up and everything. Yeah. Super excited to be here. This is going to be a fun three-day event. Oh, it will. As always, you're in Vegas. Vegas, baby. That's what they say. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. <laughs> All right. Let's get our, uh, our first two guests introduced. Yeah, yeah. Here. had a couple guys walk here. by and let's loop them in. Yeah, we we, uh, we suckered them into it. They That's don't know right. what they're in for. But right. uh, first we have Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Jeffrey Dean. Come from the Irwan. And who do you work for, Jeffrey? Uh, we work, I work with RecordWorks. We are Bill Death Center. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And we also have Tom. Tom, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, Tom Shu. Uh, I'm from San Diego. Okay. I, uh, with a great, a great energy company. A great, a great energy company. What a name. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so let's find out a little bit about you guys and what you do. Tell us about the company you work for. Uh, sure. Uh, actually, I found this company uh, 2017. Oh, wow. Okay. Pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. So we do uh, renewable energy, and basically we uh, try to uh, massively use uh, renewable okay. solar, wind, geothermal. Okay. And uh, but you know the renewable energy is intermittent, right? Yeah. Sometimes have, sometimes doesn't. So uh, you have to have a uh, uh, energy storage to store that to sure. make the uh, uh, renewable energy dispatchable. Yep. So mm -hmm. that's the whole purpose. Gotcha. Oh, nice. So is your company on the development side or the storage? And what what, what side is your company on? Uh, I think we are still in the developing side, and okay. uh, we have uh, a manufacturer in China, and uh, we have uh, so many uh, uh, collaborators globally, nice. Europe, uh, South America, Africa, Middle East, and Asia, and uh, we just get our, you know, all the uh, products certified. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, in order to use it in the U.S., you have the, the called the UL certification. Uh -huh. So we got most of them. Got yeah. Wow, that's a big step. Yes, it is. Huge, huge. All right, let's tell us about you, Jeffrey. Talk about your company a little bit. Uh, we are not the, for the energy industry. Okay. Yeah, we are build the data center, but our data center is very innovative. Is uh, we are we are not using a cooling. Oh wow. We use air okay. to move in a heat. Okay. Very very high tech modular data center. Wow, wow. PE can be one point zero one. Wow. Where are you building these at? Uh, we build right now. We have a demo in Irvine. In Irvine. Yeah, two megawatt. Two okay. megawatts. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's got to be a. A very complicated process. Yes. To get something like that approved. It means we can if if the people using our modular data center, our yep. technology can yep. save thirty to forty percent of the power. Interesting. Wow. Utilize the power. Yeah, because we're we're from Phoenix and right. we have the TSMC data center there. No, that's the microchip. Oh, no, no, that's the chip plant. Oh, the chip plant. There's a lot really of... recommend us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just trying to put two and two together here. I need a heavier car. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, 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 All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about a, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's a lot of data centers. Yeah. In, there's a lot. In, in Phoenix. Yeah. 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 I think almost uh, like a 5% of the, you know, the power usage for the data center. 
Yeah. Did you say 5% of the at power least, usage is for? At least right now. If they go to the 10%, they will be have a law to restriction on the, how to use the power. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, what, what you guys are doing is air, air cooling? We, no, we do not use the cooling. We use the air to move ahead. And meanwhile, we use the evaporation. The water will turn into the moisture to bring the heat and increase the humidity. Oh, uh, we have natural, smart, smart natural control. Cool. Natural cool, right? Yeah. Something like electrical. Yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. We have the trademark in the natural air cooling. Yeah, natural, natural <laughs> air cooling. Is this like the, the first of its kind? Is this groundbreaking? No, I think the for AWS, uh, the Facebook, they already use for the hybrid scale data center. Okay. They use, we call the direct eco-free cooling. Oh, okay. 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 But we use it for the smaller, only size, scalable. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, Tom, your company, you said you started in 2017. Yes. Right before COVID. Well, shortly before COVID. Yeah, COVID almost killed me. I was going to say, did, that, <laughs> did COVID create any difficulties for you? Uh, yes, it was. That's why I built my uh, manufacturer by myself in China. You know, oh, wow. Originally, just sort of OEM and somebody else built for us. I would just integrate. But yeah. Uh, yeah. during COVID, we have a project in the Middle East and uh -huh. uh, almost got a lot of fines because you cannot deliver. Yeah. You know, almost everything shut down. Yeah. So then we build our own manufacturer. So uh, we will bring back to the U.S. Gotcha. Yeah. So renewable energy in Middle East compared to here, how is it different? Well, in the Middle East, the more uh, freedom you can install anywhere, but uh, here, too much uh, regulation and uh, you have to conquer this. Otherwise, yeah. uh, we're a U.S. company, but we cannot deliver things in the U.S. until now. Yeah. Because you, you get to go through all this, uh, you know, regulation, testing, certification. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the, uh, in like the Middle East, Mm -hmm. Some place that we do off grid. Okay. There's not much uh, regulation. You just, just put it there, use the solar away and put storage like it'd be a power done. Yeah. So yeah. that's a, that's a, that's a way big difference, right? Yeah. So yeah. this is really interesting. You provide something he doesn't need. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe no, maybe we need. Because, <laughs> yeah, because we try to use the, the, the battery bank to replace the UPS. Oh, okay. It's so they use my battery. Yeah. With oh, the battery. Okay, okay. Oh, and we sure. come here to take a look. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 So yes. you, you bring two uh, you know, different parties together. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> so is this your guys' first time at this conference? First time, yeah. First yeah. time, Jeffrey? Yeah, I've been so? here for many times. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a pretty senior for the renewable energy. <laughs> yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people know you, Tao. Oh, I guess so. And uh, yeah. a lot of people know me. Yeah. 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 So. That's a good thing. Well, it could be bad. It could be good. Well, it's because uh, yeah. he started a great engineering company, <laughs> or an energy company. So, of course, everybody knows. Everybody right? wants to know. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So are you, uh, do you do a lot of travel then as a result of, of your, with your company? Lots, lots, lots of travel. Yeah. I just came back from Istanbul and uh, we have a huge show over there. And uh, oh, wow. we're going to sign the deal with uh, the largest uh, telecom company in the, uh, wow. Turkey and the current Turkish telecom. Okay. So they're going to be a big deal for us. Yeah. So, so you're yeah. trying to expand. Like you're you're not just North America. I mean, you're trying to expand. Yeah, we're globally. So yeah. that's my dream that uh, if we can uh, deploy our energy anywhere, you know, renewable energy, not the traditional, you know, phosphor okay. energy. Yeah, uh, I'll be very happy. So yeah, or we go North Pole, go South Pole. Europe, you 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 talk about Africa, right? So, right. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. have some very good stuff for them, and yeah. particularly for people without electricity. Oh yeah, that's close to one billion people that don't have electricity at all. 
One billion of that? One billion? Yeah, closer to one billion. At least uh, like uh, 800 to 900 wow. million people. That's crazy. Never ever used electricity before. That's so crazy. we have a system for them. And uh, yeah. just uh, use solar and uh, yeah. storage. Yeah. At least keeping the lights on, right? Yeah. So they don't need to burn diesel or something sure. else. Yeah. 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 So is this, um, these projects that you're working on, are they, are they, how are they funded? Are they government funded? I mean, how, what, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, particularly for the Africa, you know, some places don't have electricity, you know, they got to go through the uh, government. Okay. And also, uh, like, uh, uh, they have some program, and yeah. uh, also the uh, World Bank or the Africa Developing Bank, uh, okay. you know, Asia Deve Developing Bank. Yep. So definitely the people without electricity, of, of course, they, they, they don't have money for it. Yep. So uh, we help them, and yeah. we help them to get, there are so many uh, charities, so many organizations yep. in the United States, in Europe as well. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be pretty dialed into those different resources. Oh, yeah. 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 Sometimes we make stuff, sometimes we back seats. So uh, even <laughs> we make it so nobody afford it because, yeah. you know, we, we cannot just be a charity. You say, run out of money. Right. Know, with right. that. Yeah. Uh, but over here, you know, charity is the business, right? Mm -hmm. You you order to help more people, you got to make money and, yeah. uh, you know, just keep it going. Yeah. Otherwise, you stop somewhere. Oh, yeah. 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 It makes so, sense. It makes yeah. sense. And how is your project going, Jeffrey? Is is the concept proven? Is it is it going to, like, get some traction here? Yeah, yes. Already, we already built some uh, in the U.S. Okay. Yeah. Several years ago, yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, what, what are you uh, What are you hoping to get out of being here at the conference? Oh, we just came here to see some friends. <laughs> 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 for the, the social <laughs> aspect. Make, make That's dumb. Yeah, new friends. Right? <laughs> yeah, you're <laughs> trying to make friends with. Yeah, also the, the yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He's buying. He's gonna. He's buying Tom drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why about you guys are drinks? <laughs> well, welcome to uh, San Diego. There, but not far from us. Not far, there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hour drive. Yeah, yeah. I, I spend a fair amount of time in uh, Santa Clarita, Ontario, that area. A little bit further north than you guys. Oh, yeah. That's close to our area. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Exciting. Anything else you want to get out there? What are you excited about, Tom? Well, think about it. Yeah, I, I will just talk about a joke about the, uh, why we need to use the renewable energy. Uh -huh. uh, you know, fossil fuel bring us to here. Mm -hmm. Almost 100 years of fossil fuel, oil, coal, and uh, lots of the way get this, uh, you know, conference going, mm -hmm. all the electricity. But, you know, for the last couple of years, even now, you say the all the nature disaster, you know, hurricane, wildfire in California, oh, yeah. all the floods, you know, everywhere. Yeah. So, not to me, we need to change. We need to change. We need to change. Particularly renewable energy will do the job. Mm -hmm. But massively, you know, deploy, take a lot of money or a lot of resources. And uh, sometimes people need to change their mindset. Mm -hmm. So I was joking because I came from the oil side. I'm, yeah. uh, my PhD even do the uh, shale gas. Oh, wow. And I uh, do a lot of consulting in Texas and uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. And uh, people often say, you're a renewable energy guy. Why not mess around with you uh. and get out of my town? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time I'm in church, I'll talk about guys. Hey, everybody here, we, uh, you know, worship the God. And uh, let me tell you the truth. <laughs> Actually, God taught you to use renewable. Because why? They, you know, the solar, wind, yep. area you attach. Yes. Right. right. It's just around you. Yep. Not that God's, why well. not put it to use? Right. But the coal, 
oil. Yeah. got a hide in the deep oil of earth. Interesting. Why you could dig it? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. You're right. I said, yeah. oh, guys, just <laughs> yeah. don't eat that apple. Yeah. <laughs> That's supposed to hide in the earth. Yeah. Uh, on, on the earth. yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. You, you're digging out and mess around, pollute the work. Yeah. And uh, people first say, hey, Don, you're a naughty tech. And uh, so that's not real. And finally, you say, oh, maybe because yeah. we put uh, something uh, on the church and uh, during, you know, yeah. uh, that's a lot of Toledo in uh, Oklahoma, right? Yeah. One time they would wipe out all the uh, grid. Only, only the church could be lights on because <laughs> we put the uh, microgrid there. Yep. Solar and uh, and the storage. Yeah, people say, "Hey, that might be the uh, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's a lot lower cost too. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you you don't need to pay a fuel, and you know, just stay there for twenty some sure. years. So that's how I, I was thinking. People without electricity at all, why not just give them directly the uh, radiable energy? Uh, don't give them a gas or yeah. oil. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. How about you, Jeffrey? What are you excited about? Uh, I think the besides buying Tom yeah, drinks. Yes, yes. <laughs> there will be so many the, the energy fuel. Yeah. If they have uh, extra energy, I suggest the, they can build a more dead center to use up. Oh yeah, yeah. Use up the power, the energy. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But yeah. definitely we're going to team together. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 You guys are doing some great things. So. Super cool. Yeah. Well, hey, it was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah. Make sure you sit down with us for a few minutes and uh, enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. Thank okay. you. Thanks, well, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'll be get, get, get back to our Phoenix with you guys. Yeah. yeah. That'd be awesome. Right. We'd thank love you. to see you. Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you. All right, let's go. We got uh, Ashley with us. Ashley, why don't you uh, just tell us who you are, who you're with, and uh, what you do? Thanks. Yeah, my name is Ashley Helene. I work with Demeter Land Development. We are a site origination team. We work with uh, developers on community size and utility size solar. Um, we uh, we're kind of the early stage. We we. Basically, they point us in a direction for where they want to lease land at, and we go out to the farmers and the landowners oh, and, and get to know them and, and just make the deals happen, help them get their sites. Make the deals happen. Love that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. So what... What what role do you play in making the deals happen? Yeah, so I'm the site acquisition specialist. So not only do I go out with the landowners and actually do the introductions and help facilitate that negotiation, I also train the land agents uh -huh. to um, be able to go out and do it themselves. So we have a pretty successful team that we're building, about eight people that um, across the country. And yeah, it's been a great great time. What's the typical size of a of a of a site that you guys would be looking at? Um, so on the community side, it's about 30 to 50 acres is ideally what we'll look at, although we try to lock in as much as possible for the maximum flexibility. It can go up to 100 acres, depending on the market, mm -hmm. um, if you've got a 5 to 10 megawatt size system. And then utility scale size gets into the hundreds and hundreds of acres. So. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So who like who do you work with? You, I think you mentioned you said like farmers. That like, that's a typical client of yours. Yeah, because that's typically the ones with you know long flat land, yeah. um, a lot of acres together. They're closer to the substations. You don't want to necessarily be right in town, so a little bit out of okay. town, but close enough to a market that you've got some off takers. And mm -hmm. so yeah, so usually it's the farmers. Um, you know, getting on and generate or getting on in age, and you know, figuring out what they're going to do for the next generation. They want to keep the farmland and the family. Yeah, but they don't necessarily necessarily want to like you know their kids might not want to farm it the way that they did so yeah this just kind of works out for both parties they get to keep their land they've got guaranteed income for a long period of time yep. and it's a win-win 
Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. That's all that matters. Everybody's happy. Is there like a combo where they can keep the farmland and still get some solar on there? I mean, is that a is that a thing that people talk about? Yeah. So some of the developers we work with are um, exploring agrivoltaics where they can continue farming even with the panels on there. Um, some of them will oh, work okay. with like grazing sheep or, you mm. know, tomato vines or something that's maybe a shade resistant crop. So they try to work with the farmers um, on top of that whenever they're putting in these systems. They're also planting in pollinators to surround it so that um, and not only is it helping the farmer on his adjoining land but also the rest of the community so okay, it's not yeah. just you know the farmer getting paid for his solar panels it's you know everybody kind of benefits from it right so there's a storage component as well as a distribution component um, in some systems, there is. Okay. Uh, some places will um, try to add on, especially like you've got markets like Texas, sure. California. They're all trying to add that battery storage optionality to it to be able to to really shore up the, the electrical grid system and make a good contribution. And um, so that's kind of developing as well. So that multi-use, multi-benefit kind of setup. And is that where most of your projects are, like in Texas and California? Um, no, actually, I've gone all over the U.S., a lot oh, in the Midwest, uh, you know, here in Michigan, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Illinois. All okay. over the place, Pennsylvania. So yeah. uh, California and Texas are kind of newer markets. So, okay. Yeah. So you're doing a lot of traveling? Uh, pretty good bit, yeah. yeah. But a lot of it's done remotely, especially like post-COVID. Pre-COVID, there was a lot more traveling. A lot mm -hmm. of farmers, you know, they don't want to do a deal with you unless they're looking you in the eye. Sure. Yeah. So you kind of have to go to where they are. Um, and then, you know, COVID hit and we get a lot more just talking to people mm -hmm. on the phone. But yeah, we're starting to get back to that, like face-to-face -face meetings and everything like that. So. Cool. Do you get into a lot of the the due diligence part of of the the acquisition and kind of help? Is that part another service that you guys? Ha we help do, and that's with? actually been my specialty because my background came from oil and gas for about eleven years, and I okay. specialized in uh, due diligence and curing title and and working with that. And anytime you're dealing with family owned farmland that's been passed down generation to generation, oh sure, you have to be kind of familiar with their history and and how you know how things went, who got what, and how things were split up, or if you've got like mineral sever then you got to know well who owns what now and who do we got to get permission from so interesting part attorney part land surveyor yes. i mean part every, geotechnical engineer everybody's a part land surveyor they just don't yeah. know it yet yeah or they want to be <laughs> or they want to be yeah. Yeah, for sure so what's like what are the common challenges that you have to deal with um a lot of it is um understanding and being able to explain to the landowner like what happens at reclam reclamation the decommissioning process like you know how not only how do you get into the agreement but how do we get out of this agreement mm. what's going to happen to my children when they're trying to are they going to be left with uh, like yeah. a wasteland sure. of broken panels and of course that's not what happens at all but yeah. um, it's just kind of explaining the process to them in a way that they really see the whole picture and what's going on so that they have a comfort level with everything and is there is there typically pushback or how is it are on average are you approaching landowners that want to talk to you because they are looking for for to, to do some kind of transaction or yeah, is so it uh, get off my porch you uh, or urban you know whatever so it depends on your strategy right if you go out there cold you're going to get a lot of that I, not on my land not in my backyard kind right, of mentality yeah. um, the way we do it is kind of a, a warmer approach so we'll send out letters and just at, invite them to contact us if they're interested in learning more and so that works out a little bit better so the people who typically call into us are interested in hearing more and doing something like that on their land Okay. You get a little bit of the nosy neighbor who just wants to know if anybody else is calling so they can like hunt them down. But yeah. 
Yeah. What is the permitting process like? Um, so that's a lot more um, like local township level. So that's, yeah. you know, it's usually the county or the township, sometimes the city. Um, it's a lot more getting, you get to know the neighbors a lot better then because everybody comes out to kind of get an opinion and express their thoughts on everything. But it, it it's a fun process. It changes everywhere you go. Yeah. And so it's kind of like a, a puzzle that you just never quite know what to expect. Yeah. That's probably a fun part of the job though. Cause like every acquisition, I guess, is different, has different challenges and also different rewards, right? I mean, it's probably a very rewarding job as well. It is. I enjoy a lot. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So, so what are you excited about? Um, right now I'm excited to, to see the, uh, I'm excited to see the dual use agrivoltaics kind of growing because I think that is a big deal for a lot of the landowners. That way they can tell their neighbors, oh no, we haven't given up good farmland. We're just making more use of it. Mm, right. Um, so I'm very excited about that. I'm excited to see what new markets are coming online. I'll be really excited when legislation passes in some of the markets we've already got a foothold in. So, yeah. So, yeah. and is that something where, you know, what's the zoning look like on, uh, agrivoltaics and is that, is that a hurdle that you have to, to worry about? Zoning kind of goes hand in hand with the permitting. Some of your um, areas are going to have no zoning, which is awesome. Um, and then some are going to have, like, you have to do conditional use permits and change it. They'll say that, uh, solar panels are considered commercial as opposed to agricultural use. So oh yeah. That's okay. where it gets a little trickier. Right. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. What else? Anything else you want to get out there? Yeah, what do you want to get out to uh, all, all the listeners here? Um, so Demeter Land Development is a very functional, uh, multi-talented team. They Not only do they do the site origination, they've also expanded into the permitting and regulatory um, impacts of things. Mm -hmm. So they're interested in doing full-scale um, development. And um, yeah, so if anybody out there is looking for assistance or boots on the ground, we're here. Awesome. Uh, how, how do they get a hold of you? Um, so they can go to the... Uh, website www.demeter.land and i'm also um if you're listening and you're in the re plus app i've registered there so okay. feel free to reach out and contact me and awesome sure i'll make it happen Good that stuff. sounds great ashley thank you so much for spending yeah. a few yeah, minutes thanks with for us by. thank you guys you okay so uh, this is amazing here we go here we go <laughs> uh we have another kent with us can we you believe found that another Kent? I would, I would like to bet that we are the only two Kents out of the twenty-seven thousand people that are here. I will take that bet. You would? Oh, you I think, I think one? there is at least four here. They're no, out of twenty-seven thousand people. It's I'm setting the over/under at four. I will take the under all day long. Okay, tonight's tab on. I can find another Kent by the end of the day. Well, no, you need to find two more. Oh, I'm saying two more by the end of the week. Another one by the end of the day. That won't happen. Okay. Yeah, not going to happen. I agree with you. Not going to happen. There's none of us. All right. And, and Ken doesn't count. Ken does not. I hate the name Ken. Yes, me too. Drives me insane. Like Barbie and Ken. So, of course, all of a sudden it's popular again. You're like you're like Ken's naughty cousin that's not allowed at the dream house. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Let's do self-introduction. Ken, go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Ken Harley. I'm the owner of Stellar Solar out of San Diego. San Diego. San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> so, whale's vagina or something like that. So, tell us a little bit about the company. What? Uh, how long ago did you just start it? Or uh, what, yeah. what, what do you do? And what, what are you doing here? Well, we started in 1998, but we've really done only solar since about 2003. So, we're okay. kind of veterans in this. We've been doing a long time. We're the oldest in San Diego. There were some people before us, but we're the oldest remaining. So, Oh, wow. We do... Um, a lot of residential and fair amount of commercial work every year. Mostly San Diego, Orange County. Venture a little bit out up into the farm areas, okay. like Central California. But 
So is this primarily residential stuff or t- what, what are, what's a typical project for y'all? Yeah. I mean, we do, you know, 1500 residential a year and probably 50 commercial. So, I mean, okay. it's balanced between the commercial is more panels, but the resis kind of takes up all of our day tops. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So, yeah. So are there certain parts of California that are more conducive to utilizing solar than others? Or is this like a universal solution to everybody? Well, it all of California has been a pretty good market. They kind of just wrecked it this last year, though, with the, you know, they, I don't know what you guys know about the California market, but net metering three or net metering two has gone away. So our net metering is not very favorable for homeowners anymore. Interesting. Um, okay. Really what it's done, it, you know, and the other side of it is, I mean, part of it, I understand the utilities, we have more solar in California than they can use during the day. So really what our systems all pretty much 100% nowadays have batteries. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's the big change, but it makes it more expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So the solar is stored in the battery. Yep. And this is like a residential battery type thing. Yeah. It's almost like the Tesla battery or well, something. We sell a ton of Tesla batteries. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, we sell the others too, but yeah. you know, that's the power wall is the big one right now. Cool. Cool. And people are saving tons of money with this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. <laughs> we, we our peak time rates and like from four to nine are 83 cents a kilowatt hour. Wow. Compared to like Florida, Texas, some of those that are, I don't know, 10, 11, 12, 15. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. I mean, so it's insane. Now, only a period of the day, but yeah. that's right yeah, when you come true. home. Yeah. That's right when you that's come home, start you, cooking, yeah. throw you your turn laundry everything in. On yeah. When you get home. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, yeah. you know, the, the idea is now that you generate your power during the day, put it in the battery, use what you can during the day, mm-hmm. put it in the battery, and then use that from four to nine and then buy the cheap electricity mm-hmm. after midnight for your car or whatever. Sure. Right. Sure. So you've been doing this a long time, like you said, 2003, correct? Um, So like my impression is that in the early days, let's say, people were a little skeptical about solar, the investment, that type thing. Do you still Mm -hmm. run across that? Are people still skeptical? Are they much more accepting of the idea? You know, the people that are skeptical don't buy. Uh, I've been dealing with one guy literally since. So first off, I've been to every single RE or solar power since oh, wow. 2005. Oh, wow. Okay. You know, right. I met one guy in 2008 or 2007 in San Jose, and he's been talking about going solar since 2007. He just signed this year. Oh, jeez. Literally. <laughs> and, you know, we'll see if he actually continues and goes <laughs> yeah. through with it. We're impermanent right now. And do you calculate all of the, the opportunity costs that he had <laughs> waiting this the whole time? <laughs> you know, he's, he's actually a friend of mine. So I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a pass, <laughs> right? but, uh, yeah, so that's the unusual thing, but, uh, um, I'm sorry. What were you? What was the question? Uh, you answered it. You answered it. So, it, oh, I know what you're going to say though. Or early adopters. So, or, yeah. you know, early early on, it was fun because early adopters just have to have it. Right. They don't care. Oh, true. You know, That's the true. early yeah. adopters want. It's just like a car comes out. Sure. You know, they'll pay ten thousand over sticker or whatever. It's like who yeah. does that? Yeah. You know, because they have to have it. So we're selling in Michigan right now. We're just starting there. Oh. And even though Michigan started and stopped a few times in solar, they're very into it now, and it's early adopters that are buying. And okay. It's kind of fun to sell those guys again because they're excited and you're excited and they don't worry about all of the Yeah, the they details. just want somebody good. They don't yeah. get 10 quotes and try to nickel and dime you on everything because they just want it, you yeah. know? It's yeah. fun. Why Michigan? I mean, that doesn't seem like a popular solar source. A lot of cloudy rainy yeah. days in Michigan. You know, but the the electric car industry is big up there and so that brings a lot of talk about it. Yeah. They're there's some legislation coming down the pipe that we think is going to be good for it. And Michigan's kind of, I mean, in my opinion, they're kind of on the rebound as far as economy goes. You know, oh, sure, um, yeah. car companies are coming back. They're making money. They're making cars and battery factories and all that kind of stuff. So right. people are hearing about, I think, 
don't quote me on this, but I think it's LG's putting a big battery factory there, those kinds of things. So when they see those, they start going, well, what else is this good for? Right. Oh, interesting. So I'm curious about how is how is the market, you know, how how is your company in the, in the market in California? I mean, are you what differentiates you between everyone else? Is there 50 providers? I mean, <laughs> I mean, like I'm mostly San Diego is my primary business. And there's 500 at one time, you know. Really? Um, yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, a lot of them don't do that many jobs, but you know, there's a hundred pretty serious competitors. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, so, what differentiates your company well, from? We're the oldest. We've been there the longest. We've won. Um, we've we've won the best of award like 11 out of the last 13 years in San Diego. Nice. I don't know how to shut that off. But, Congrats. Um, yeah, so I mean, just we've been here. We're local. There's a few local players that are pretty good, you know, and we all kind of band together and, you know, hey, if you're going to get a quote from somebody else, go to this guy. Oh, you know, sure. Yeah. You know, cool. the big guys, we try to push them out. We've been, our market is quite different than some. I mean, there's no more door knockers in San Diego. There's no more people just trying that. to sell you on the spot, promising yeah. big savings. That, you know, we dabbled a little bit in Florida, but that's such a new market. And, oh, right. And since the cost of electricity is cheap, and it's all people knocking on the door saying, hey, you know, I can save you money today. Sign right here. Yep. You, but but it's only today. Yeah. You know, and, and <laughs> we're just, just not who we are, you know? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We, uh, we're from Phoenix and, uh, I can remember, gosh, I don't know, during COVID, especially like you had tons of people knocking on your all doors, you know, yeah. and just trying to sell you all kinds of shit. But it seemed like the solar people were like relentless. Relentless. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But you would think like Arizona's like, <laughs> you would think it's like the best solar state, right? You would think so. Yeah. Your electricity is kind of cheap. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's um, the difference is, is the, oh, like, gotcha, the rates yeah. are cheap. So, but, but yeah. no, it's a big market. I mean, everybody's going solar. Lots of people have opened offices there. And because yeah. there's so many people there, we shied away with it. We went to Michigan of all places. Yeah. yeah. So. There you go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what, like, what does the maintenance look like on these systems that you're putting in now with the batteries and everything? What, what does the maintenance on a system like that look like? Set it, if it's forget broke, it. call us. Yeah, set it, pretty much. So <laughs> yeah. that being said, I mean, I love the old days of the simplistic, you know, hey, you just plug it in. If the green light's on, it's working. If it's red, call sure. us. Yep. You know, and the, 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 the electricity going through the meter, both directions was the same cost. So it was very simple. I, lo I miss those days. But the, with the batteries, there's, I wouldn't call it maintenance, but you got to be a little more on top of it. You got to be a little bit more on like, uh, programming your house and, and be a little more in tune with the apps and, and how you actually run your household. Yeah. So, uh, it's changed a lot. And then, you know, again, I'm just cause I'm old and been doing it too long. It's like, I miss the old simple days. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so is the technology changing as it pertains to the, to the solar? Well, I mean, I, I mean, drastically, or is no. it just getting slightly better? And I mean, you got what a hundred different providers that are at this conference every year, right? That you know it, what we don't talk about anymore is the panels because the panels have all gotten very good. There's mm. lots of good manufacturers. They don't have, right. you know, and the prices are all very similar. For a while, it was like, you know, new technologies and people trying stuff. Because I remember um, it was like you couldn't get the materials, and yeah. there was one oh, yeah. one material oh, yeah. you couldn't get, yeah. and then that just spiked and went something crazy. was always yeah in something short was, supply right yeah. You know, then the inverters, you know, they've gotten pretty mainstream. There's a few major players. The battery technology is where we're seeing like the new frontier. Okay. You know, I mean, since net meter, since the net meter in California changed, the amount of battery manufacturers coming into knocking on the door with seemingly good products, but how do you choose? You know, sure. I can't install everybody. Yep. I can't be a, you know, so. Yep. Yeah. So you just, you have to form strategic partnerships. Yeah. Right. Okay. You know, I've worked with Enphase for years. We've worked with Tesla for a long time. Yeah. Those are kind of my go-to right now, but I don't know if they're the end all be all. We'll see, you know, sure. but right now they're seemingly pretty good products. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's awesome. So what else are you excited about? 
You know, where's the, where does this go in the next five years? Well, like say, we're, batteries we're, keep getting smaller and smaller. And yeah, I think so. Simpler, hopefully. Yeah. Um, what am I excited about? I, you know, we're in rebuilding again. I mean, because we had record sales before the two thousand before the net metering ran out in mid April. Okay. And honestly, sales in California are off eighty plus percent right now. So wow. it's kind of rebuilding. But we're we'll be we'll be fine because we've been doing it a long time. Yeah. We've reinvented ourselves several times in there. Yeah. Um, but it's like gosh, starting over again. You know, it's yeah. like, right. well, how do we sell? You know, how do we explain it to people? All that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, what about uh, what about AI? Do you have do you get any any gotten that question? Because you mentioned you know you got to educate the homeowner and and monitor what their house is doing and keep track on the app. And the first thing probably a lot of people think of is can't somebody or something do that for me? You know what? I think it's coming. I'm not technical enough personally. We have people in our office that are very up on all the AI, AI stuff and we have a strategy, but we're not really doing much with it yet. I think from a marketing and lead gen perspective, that's probably where we're using it most. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are people out there that are starting to incorporate it. And maybe I'll find something here at the show for that. You yeah, know, honestly, yeah, sure. You know, it's 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 not going away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, right. That's, yeah, for sure. exactly. that's for sure. Or just uh, hire some young people that are totally. Well, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, what? Exactly. I was just telling somebody the other day, we've got five or six young people in our company now that I'm very excited about because I can see they're kind of the future yeah. for us, you know, because they're sharp. They want to do things. They're into this stuff. Yeah. You know, they got our back. So, yeah. Nice. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. What else do you want to get out there? How do, how do people find more if they're uh, if they're interested in San Diego? And... Well, StellarSolar.net. Um, you can pretty much just Google Stellar Solar. If you're in Michigan, that's actually where I really want to generate some leads too. So yeah, okay. Obviously, it's StellarSolar.net, and then there's a backslash Michigan. But if you put that in there, yeah, yeah, we know people in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. You never know. You, you never, never know. know. Yeah. Tell them the geoholic sent you. Yeah, <laughs> I will. Ken, thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great appreciate to meet it. you. Appreciate yeah, your time. Thank you guys. Yep. Yeah. Enjoy the rest of the show. I will. Appreciate having me on. We are back. Man, time is flying. It really is. We must tell people that if you hear that annoying noise in the background, we are at a renewable energy conference and there is a massive solar panel. Yeah, what is that us. thing called? The 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 Megatron? <laughs> I have no idea, but uh strategically we didn't select this location, so there is a little bit of background noise and we apologize. Yeah, this this I don't know what a hundred foot wide it's solar massive. thing, it's the solar panel is, yeah, we'll is rotating. It's pretty, it's pretty wild. So, so yeah, we'll post some pictures. But uh, yeah, so we got another guest with us. We yeah. got Nate. Nate, why don't you go ahead and give us a self introduction? Who you are, who you're with, and kind of what you do. Hi, yeah, my name is Nate Bender. I'm an investor with Constellation Technology Ventures. We're the venture capital arm of Constellation Energy, the largest producer of clean power in the country. Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> Top that, Sean. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys got some pretty cool projects going on right now? Yeah, well, I mean, I've got uh, several portfolio companies showing here at the show. Nice. Okay. Um, as well as, uh, you know, I'm here to see what there is to see. Awesome. Looking for uh, for new companies to uh, potentially invest in. Interesting. So do you yourself have a booth here? We do not. You do not. So you're in a little bit different position. You're kind of on the shopping side of things, right? For I, lack of a better term. Yeah, sure. Yeah. We'll go with shopping. Yeah, that's cool. So what do you love about what you do? Um, what do I love about what I do? I mean, we sit at the the nexus of clean energy, right? So I get to yeah. look at everything from, you know, say how power is generated, yep. um, how it's managed, stored, mm -hmm. sold, traded, all of the above. And yeah. you guys and you, you guys are looking to in, invest in 
companies across that whole spectrum? Across that whole spectrum. I mean, everything that we do touches on the power industry uh-huh. one way or another. Okay. Um, you know, and it ranges from, say, you know, we have company operant networks um, showing here at the show. They yep. um, are cybersecurity, specifically hmm. for DER, critical infrastructure, Okay. Um, you know, real-time control systems. Um, another company that's here, Kavala, um, they're site sourcing, but they yeah. also do you know, land planning, um, basically power flows for and, and residential all the way up to uh, from all the way from residential meters all the way up to the bulk power system, a, a complete digital twin of the grid that uh, wow. people can actually ask questions on. So. You are speaking so, our language. <laughs> so you are you got your hands on a little bit of everything. We. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it always relates to power. But yeah. We have our hands everywhere. Yeah. So cool. How in the heck did you get involved with this? Have you been been in renewables for a long time, or? Um, I've been with uh, Constellation Energy, well, Exelon, yeah. before uh, we split off from Exelon about a year ago. For, okay. Um, coming up on eleven years now. Okay. Awesome. Uh, what's your background? Um, my background was in IT. And from IT, I, I started working in our innovation group. And from our innovation group, I uh, eventually was uh, able to pivot into the venture group. Yeah. So what are some of the like, um, more exciting developments on the power side that you can talk about? Um, I think the concept of 24-7 clean energy right, is, uh, you know, when I first started looking at renewables, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it always confused me. Like, like wait a minute. So I can, I can call myself green because I bought a wreck. <laughs> from a solar farm or wind farm three states over that that generated that wreck a month before I ever used the power or a month after. Right? And and you know, when we needed that, right? We needed that that sure. construct to sort of get up and started. But now the idea that we can match power um when it's consumed to power when it's generated and and you can't really claim you're you're truly running on 100% green energy until you're 24-7 matching makes a lot of sense. And I think it's a really exciting development within mm-hmm. uh, within the industry. And I think it's going to drive a lot of new investment and a lot of new ways of thinking about how we uh, how we site power, mm-hmm. right? how we store it, yeah. like how we uh, ultimately use it. Yeah, yeah. Talk about the storage side of it a little bit and just kind of like what the, I guess, what the challenges are. Yeah, so I heard a great term this morning. Um, that I, uh, you know, I think I'm going to remember it now because it's, uh, the four families of solar. I like, okay. was like, oh, it's like the five families in New York. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. four, uh, four families of, of solar. Um, and it's interesting, right? Cause you got vastly different techno economics and vastly different use cases, right? Mm-hmm. So you have mechanical, you have electrochemical, um, which gives you the idea at least yep. of the, the four different kinds of solar. So, sure. um, yeah. Pumped hydro would be, you know, an example of a type, a type of, sorry, four types of uh, storage. Yeah. Um, so pumped hydro would be a good example of like, you know, another type of storage. So, I mean, it's doesn't necessarily work yet in all use cases. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, long duration energy storage, I think is something, you know, we crunch the lumber numbers a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to see how an IPP start deploying, say, long duration energy storage, but a lot of the market is, you know, a lot of uh, you know federal funds flowing yeah. into that space. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, consumers going and trying to do storage at the home um, makes a lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? Like my mother's a great example. She lives on a you know on a farm. It's at the very end of a feeder. They lose power like once a week. Yeah. Um, you know that she has batteries and the solar right now allows her to you know, yeah. live without ever having to think about it. Yeah. So, but very different sort of decision, sure. decision mechanisms, mm. very different economics go into yeah. to those kinds of decisions. Yeah. So it seems like it's um, rapidly evolving, like all aspects of renewables is evolving so rapidly. How do you, how do you stay ab- on top of it? How do you stay abreast of this? 
going to things like this sure. is, is a big part of it. Um, continuous reading. Um, I, uh, I consider it a, a relaxing evening to sit down with a 200 page DOE study about say the <laughs> future of geothermal and, yeah. you know, it's like you, you learn a lot, right. And you can't stop. Um, yeah. cause a lot of all the parts and pieces are all moving all at the same time, yeah. trying to keep up and abreast of what's going on. Sure. So yeah. And if you do challenge. stop, you're just going to get left behind, you know, just like, oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, like anything really. Yeah. So you mentioned a magic word, and I got to unpack it just a little bit. You talked about uh, a company that's putting together a digital twin of the, from residential all the way to the grid. It, you got to give us a little bit more about, is that like a nationwide thing? And is that something that they are creating for a resource for other d d d other companies? Or or can you, can you give us any more info on, uh, on that? Yeah, so the company is called Kavala. And uh, they originally started off as a citing tool for solar developers, um, and it was okay. a lot of it was a lot of publicly sourced data, right? Like maps and um, you know what was publicly available about the grid in, in particular locations, that kind of thing. Um, but they've since grown from that to now being a, a fairly comprehensive digital twin of the electrical grid. Um, they're now becoming fairly well known because they uh, they just recently published a study for the California Public Utility Commission looking at the impact of um, complete EV sort of electrification mm. of transportation sure. without the mm -hmm. state and where and how the state would need to invest mm -hmm. um, and able to meet those electrification targets. Yeah, I mean, that's had a lot of, you know, it's, it was a project that was put together by the CPUC, but all the major utilities in the state participated and they all contributed data into this one comprehensive platform so they could come out with a study. Oh, wow. Um, and that's the, the, so that's the kinds of things that Kavala does, right? And so their customers range from solar developers looking for siting information, um, say mm. EV um, charger deployers looking for, you know, where on the grid might they, say, deploy EV chargers, not yep. just for, you know, where the EV customers are, but also to make sure that you're, you're keeping social impact in mind. Yep. Um, you know, all the way up to utilities, right? Thinking about how different changes of different mixes on the grid are going to, uh, you know, affect their uh, the rate case that their pay their customers are paying, and yeah, um, you know, interesting that might happen. So, on that note, what has the advancement of electronic vehicles done to power distribution? It's like it, it's changed the landscape of it, right? Yeah, it's it's one of the great. I would say factors in in how power distribution is being uh, being changed, along with just general electrification, like people moving away from gas and starting to move to things like heat pumps. Mm. Um, but EVs in particular, people don't I think appreciate just how much power um, an EV charger can draw. So the way I like to think of it is, if you have um, you know two houses next to each other and each one gets an EV charger, it's like adding a third house's worth of electricity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, wow. that's what no uh, that's what the lot of the talk is, and just why I'm sure around here is yeah. everyone goes EV. We are not even close to having enough yeah. to cover everybody, and it's got to come from somewhere. Crazy, wow. Which is why this this conference is so massive yeah. is because there's such a big demand yeah. and all this new. Yeah, new yeah. fancy stuff happening. And do we have the solution? I mean, does anybody really have the solution? I mean, they're not going to be it's, the solution. It's not the, it's, it's many a, yeah, solutions. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So yeah. in some cases, it's adding storage to your EV charger, right? Sure. And so, you know, there are companies out there doing that where yeah. um, they'll couple it with a battery or, uh, you know, an interesting case of like, um, I can't think of the company's name, but they're out there and they've got a, an EV charger coupled with a flywheel. There's a mechanical storage mechanism. Um, interesting. <laughs> the idea being is that you get that, that, uh, you know, sort of, um, initial rush of draw when your car is charging, but then you're not 
translating that into a huge burden onto the grid for yeah. a, a moment. Oh, right? okay. It's, yeah. it's you can draw down that power draw off the grid over time. Yeah. And potentially if you, uh, you know, say it's your California, you're thinking of time of use rates, you can you know, not pull power from the grid during certain periods, but still allow people to charge their cars. Yeah. Right? yeah. So that'd be it's one so example. Yeah. Um, and there's yeah. a common, it's gotta be a combination of all those things, some yeah. storage, some looking at just peak rates and draw and eventually it can, you know, figure it out. But yeah. yeah. If yeah. everyone right now had an EV and they got home at five o'clock and all plugged it in, it would be a big problem. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like there's, you know, obviously whatever, 27,000 attendees at this conference and a gazillion exhibitors and everybody has a part of the solution. Mm -hmm. It seems like it just gets like the whole thing just gets really muddied up, you know? And like, how, how do you, how do you filter out the solutions that maybe aren't so good and really focus on those that, you know, you, you want to bring into like your portfolio or whatever? That is a very difficult thing. To well, do. if he told you that, then, you know, he wouldn't have a job anymore. And I mean, it's, it's a lot of research and preparation okay. in advance of, of something like this and yeah. then coming in and having, you know, specific questions to ask to specific companies or specific mm -hmm. people. Um, and a lot of it is staying targeted, right? Like, you know, yep. I, and not necessarily trying to think of like all of the potential areas of, of technological development investment sure. all at the same time. I'm yeah. oftentimes looking for, uh, you know, one particular thing. I'm looking for, you know, a best in class microgrid controller, for example, mm -hmm. or, you know, some sort of like novel storage chemistry. Sure. Um, and so, you know, going in with that sort of like targeted view in mind and having done a lot of pre, um, you know, baked sort of research, both on the technology area and on the companies available, and at least helps you make sense. Yeah. Of it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So what else are you excited about? What, uh, what else you want to get out there? Um, I think cybersecurity is something we all need to be thinking about a lot mm. um, in this industry. You know, solar development was really a let's put steel in the ground type of business mm -hmm. when it first started off. Um, but now, you know, you're seeing more and more large developers start sure. to, you know, participate in merchant markets, competitive energy markets. Solar and storage are becoming critical infrastructure in and of themselves. Mm. Um, and so we mm. need to be thinking about them in the same terms, right? Like, are your inverters safe? Yep. It can, um, if somebody wants to go and do something malicious with them, are, are you making that difficult out of the box? Yep. Or do you have the right partners involved with, uh, say, your site design to to go and um, you know, prevent calamity? Sure. sure. I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Well, they're just, a, and a, I mean, somewhat related, I guess. But, you know, you see these stories all the time. We're from Phoenix. And, you know, there's a couple um, electric vehicle manufacturers there. I think Nokia's, right, got the truck yeah, and lucid lucid's there there's a bunch of them but you also have been hearing a lot of stories lately maybe because it's so freaking hot in phoenix i have no, no idea but these vehicles catching on fire you know because of the batteries or what have you and i just wonder if that's something that we're going to be hearing more and more about or if it's isolated you know i mean we don't have it all figured out right yeah, this is not a problem that i've been keeping track of yeah. but but for sure we don't have it all figured out yeah right? but yeah. You know, it's things like this where, you know, everybody's trying something and everybody's trying something a little bit different. And there's sure. not just going to be one solution to it all. We need yep. this the most complex problem humanity's probably ever faced. And sure. you're going to need right. a lot of solutions. Wow, so, yeah. crazy. so crazy. Well, cool. Well, Nate, we yeah. appreciate your time. This has been great. Yeah. 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 Appreciate you stopping by. Enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. All right. Um, We're back. We are 
back. Uh, it's almost lunchtime. Still, Actually, it's past lunch. Still day one. What the heck? I know. We haven't got any food. I, I What's know. the deal? I, I think we need a better uh, better concierge. Do we need uh, an upgraded uh, uh, yeah, badge yeah, or something? To, we need to look at look, look into that. And we, we've got another couple of interviews at one. And uh, yeah. I think one of them just canceled, actually. Oh, okay, cool. So we'll free up for lunch after that. But in the meantime, we have Shannon with us. Shannon, why don't you go ahead and uh, just quick self-introduction, who you are, who you're with, and kind of what you do. Sure. So uh, my name is Shannon. I am originally from New Jersey, uh, which is where our company is based out of. I'm currently the operations manager for Define Solar. Um, we've been open for almost two years now. We're currently located and operating in New Jersey, but we're larding, starting to expand in the market and move into, we're looking at Illinois right now. Okay. Illinois. What's, uh, the name, what's the name of the company? Uh, Define Solar. Define Solar. All right. Interesting. So a lot, seems like a lot's going on in the Midwest as it pertains to solar. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think in the last 10 years, the solar industry just nationwide has really boomed. You know, like you see an inc incredible amount of growth in the jobs. Um, you know, it's not something that you're required to have a degree for. You can, it's really the only industry that I've ever worked in my entire life where you can get in at a ground level, yep. start out as the guy that's like pushing paperwork and work yourself into an executive position. And really since the eighties, when have you ever heard of anyone starting out in the mail room and working their way up? Yeah. You know, you don't yeah. really hear it too much. Whereas the solar industry, you get your hands on training in the position that you're in. You have an incredible amount of people that you can learn from, from mm -hmm. different variating things of, you know, your lead generation to installation to operations. So it never really gets boring. Sure. You know? Yep. Great energy. Love that this. That is crazy. So how did you yeah. get into it? So actually, uh, it's kind of crazy for me how I got into it. I went on a missions trip to Belize a few years back. Oh. And um, at the time, I was working in the recovery industry, um, mainly working for uh, rehab facilities and, um, and uh, halfway houses and aftercare, that kind of thing. Oh. And when I was in Belize, I got a call from my boss that said, hey, I'm sorry, you know, unfortunately, like company's not working out so well, like we have to go through some layoffs. And I was like, oh no, I had literally spent my last dollar to go on this mission oh, trip. No. And uh, my pastor comes up to me and he's like, hey, there's this guy, Mike, I think you should, I think you guys would hit it off really well. And I'm yeah. like, okay. I start talking to Mike and when we get back, he gives me a call and he's like, hey, Shannon, I was wondering if um you'd be interested in the data entry position, pays 15 bucks an hour. And I was like, that's more than I'm making right now. This was going back 10 years ago. Right. And I was like, oh, absolutely. I'd love to. And I got, and I show up to the company I'm like, hey, I'm here for an interview with Mike. And they're like, which Mike? I'm like, what do you mean, which Mike? <laughs> and they're like, well, we have seven of them. And I'm oh, like, geez. he's Italian. He's got a lot of tattoos. And they were like, all right, now we're down to six. <laughs> um, and so I sat down at the table. I wound up meeting with the chief operating officer at that time. And um, I had gone to technical school for high okay. school. Yep. And um, with that, I got gotten my CAD certification and he mm -hmm. found out that I actually had um, a little more experience than mm -hmm. just someone that could do data entry. So he said, well, you know, I, I think 15 is a little low and I'd rather pay you 17. Is that okay by you? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I dove into it immediately. I started out with the interconnection, permitting procedures, okay. um, state incentives, and I had to do all of the paperwork from your initial permissions to your final permissions of to get operational and eventually claim those credits. Yeah. Um, I worked my way up into uh, project management where I was overseeing installation crews, learning the install side of things, learning the electrical components, um, learning what the code requirements were. Um, eventually from there, I moved over into sales operations. Um, 
ran a concierge department of 65 people. And then about two years ago, uh, me and our CEO, uh, Will Carabello, we decided to get together and start to find solar and, you know, determine how we wanted to define the industry. Nice. Very cool. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of the industry, um, is it is it a male dominated industry? I think that, it, yes, it absolutely is. Yeah. Um, but I think that most construction-based sure. businesses are, are male, yeah. you know? I assume there was. Um, and I'm not going to say that it's it's hard as a female. I wouldn't mm -hmm. say that there's any... I've never really felt like I couldn't go somewhere because of my gender. Okay. Um, you know, I've always been given a, a seat at the table if I earned it. Yep. You know, this is an industry that doesn't spoil you in the way of oh, well, we're going to give you this and we're going to give you a raise every year, but they will spoil you with every opportunity of anything that you want to try. Yeah. You know, you yeah. don't like one portion of the business, you can you can go into something else. Yeah. And as long as you, I, and I think that really kind of goes for anything in life. If you bring that dedication and that passion, sure. Um, you know, there's there's no stopping you into paving your own way. Yep, yep, yep. So what do you love about it? <laughs> Honestly, the fact that it never gets boring. Um, and the fact that I can do a little bit of everything. Uh, yep. Most desk jobs, it's the mm, same thing: sure. punch in, punch out, same data over and over again. Whereas this, I can get, I can really dive deep into data analytics, and then you know, cross over into the customer side of things, and and cross over to the installation. So if you're someone who, you know, needs that variety, it, it's a great industry to get into. If you're someone that you know doesn't really like variety, doesn't like when things get a little crazy, a little busy, yeah. um, then, you know, it wouldn't be really something sure. for you. Sure. Yeah. Uh, so what do you, uh, what are you hoping to get out of the show here? Or what, you know, what really drove you to come? So really what drove us to come is to, you know, kind of get out, meet new people, um, really establish some good relationships, uh, meet people across the nation, see how they're kind of doing things, what's working for them, what's not working for them, um, you know, establishing better relationships and better rapports with our finance partners who have also come out. Uh, you know, so it's it's really just kind of like the, the meet and greet and let's see like how everyone yeah. can grow together. Oh, you know, that's cool. It seems like that's been a common thread, you know, like Let's grow together. There's a lot of challenges, obviously, um, across the industry, but the common feeling I've gotten from the people we've talked to so far, which has only been four or five, whatever, is that we all need to work together. Oh, right. absolutely. I think that, you know, as far as the industry goes, that there is a little bit of a struggle in some companies as far as like interdepartment communication goes. Um, you know, yeah, sometimes you'll see uh, where there's like a resentment kind of towards your sales reps because your sales reps are your top people mm -hmm. and, you know, they're bringing in the money and they're flashy and they're loud. And then, you know, you you change and you go to another company, you kind of see how they're doing. And, and with our company, the thing that I love about them that's kind of really made this like this is the place that I want to call home forever is the fact that no one person's job is more important than the next. If you don't have a call center that's setting appointments, you're not getting sales reps in houses. Right. If you don't have sales reps getting in houses, you're not closing deals. Yep. If operations isn't pushing that paperwork, you're not getting installs. And if installs aren't happening, then no one's right. getting the benefits of solar energy. So it's there's no oh, I'm here on the totem pole and you're down here. Everyone's on the same exact page and it's so interdependent upon the next process that everyone has to kind of flow together in order for us to keep moving in the direction we want to go. Yeah, it's like those, like a gear, you know, like the gears. This one turns, turns that one, blah, blah, yeah. blah. Same type thing. And it seems like you're the perfect, you're in the, the perfect position for you because you started at the bottom and worked your way up through everything you just talked about. And now you're an operations manager. And I think, 
it sounds like your experience has just situated you perfectly for this. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I can always say that, like, I've been able to learn a lot of this kind of on my own. I jokingly tell some people would say, how do you know so much about solar? And I was like, well, you know, honestly, I... I was interested in it. So I started the, on the method of like, click it until you break it or Google it until you figure <laughs> out. And you know, anybody that I can meet or talk to and say, Hey, what do you do in your job? And yeah. Hey, I'm done with, I'm caught up with all my work. Can I learn how to do your job? So I just like know how to do it. So when these questions come out of left field, sure. usually I either already know the answer or I know exactly how to find the answer. You know what I mean? And that's another one of those things with the industry. It's like that you're not really going to get anywhere else. Yeah. yeah. So your company, I'm sure there's a lot of competition out there. Sure. What, uh, like, what would you say separates your company from the others? We believe in our product. We're honest. Um, we believe in open communication with our customers. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think a lot of people struggle with is their customer service department in saying like, Ooh, we got a little bit of bad news and I don't want to really relay that to the customer. So let me try and go around the bush or beat around the bush. Whereas instead, like with our customers, we're very upfront from the beginning. Um, we do not believe in a seller die tactic. Mm -hmm. We believe that we have a great product and that it is beneficial for you. And if at the end of the day, we find out that you have something, uh, like let's say, um, you get government benefits from being in the military or something like that. And that benefit is better for you. Sure. We're not going to try and lie to you and say that solar is better for you. Instead, we'll say, hey, you might actually be in a better position. We actually genuinely care about our customer and we really put them first. Um, you know, in doing that, the other thing is, is it's, and it comes down to the relationship. It's not just the customer. We also, when we first opened, we didn't have sales for three months, you know, it was a little stressful, yeah. but instead of sitting around going, Oh, well, what can we learn or what can we do? It was what better relationship could we establish? So we called every mm. single township in the state of New Jersey and said, Hey, what are your specific requirements? What are your huh. turnaround times? Like, what do we have to do to be compliant with you? We want to have a great relationship. Mm. And then when townships would like jump for us to like, and th there's townships that I've worked with now, that five years ago, me trying to get anything from them with the company that I was with, I just couldn't do it. Mm. Whereas like now they'll immediately jump on it. We get our, our turnaround times within usually about a week. Oh, wow. About a week, you know, and a lot of other companies that we have in the, in the, in our state are looking at anywhere between three and six months, Wow, you know? So Crazy. I think that's really what sets us apart is that we've understood the value from the very beginning in a relationship with your coworkers, with your customer base and with your, you know, other companies that you're working with. Yep. You don't make a million dollars off of one person. You make a dollar sure. off a million. That's right. I love that. <laughs> that's, a good one. that's a good one. So uh, what else do you want to get out there? Um, let's see. I would love to get out there that we are a great company. Solar is something that should be for everyone and easily accessible for everyone. It's an industry that people should absolutely get into. You know, if you're stuck in a situation where you think like, oh, I'm in a dead end job and I'm never going to grow and growth is something that's important for you, then dive into it. Ask a ton of questions. There's never a terrible question to ask. Um, you know, and if, if you're interested in a company that already has that culture, then Define Solar is the company that you want to go with. Cool. Love Damn. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she crushed it. Oh, man. Well, thank you so much for spending yeah, a few minutes yeah, with Shannon, us. I really enjoyed so this conversation. It was great. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. Bye.
We are back. <laughs> you say that every time. I know. I know. <laughs> you can't help yourself. I know. I just can't. At least you scaled back on the the music intro. Yeah. 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 I, I, I got a little. No, I won't do it. Go ahead. Super excited about our next guest. Yeah. A few minutes to sit down here with us. Uh, just real quick, just do a brief introduction, name, who you're with, and kind of what you do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. It, the caffeine's wearing off, so you're settling down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. feel it. Um, yeah. I love it. So, Joe Thel, I'm with EV Connect. So, we are a charging solutions company. Okay. A uh, little bit on my background. Uh, so, been in the fleet space for over 20 years. I joined EV Connect here in January. Really passionate about the space. Really love sure. what we're, you know, as a company, but also as an industry and a country. You know, really getting ourselves away from that uh, foothold on fossil fuels. So sure. when we think about the advantage that gives us not only from an environmental perspective, but just across the, across the globe, it's a great, great thing for us to do. So excited about it. And I appreciate you having me here. Yeah, no, we're yeah. excited to have this conversation. Um, so tell us about EV Connect. I mean, what's kind of the, you know, the, the, the gist of the business? Sure. You know, so we are founded, so we've been in business for over 14 years now. We started off different than other people in the EV charging space. If you think about some of the, the OEMs that are building a hardware and then they were making software to go with it to make them smart chargers, we're the opposite. So we are the platform. So we built a platform to handle all the things EV charging, some of them that are glamorous, some of them that are not. Mm -hmm. You know, people will talk about um, uh, interdependence and, and compliance with OCPP, for example, different regulations. We make that easy for our customers. Mm -hmm. We really, you know, we spend a ton of time focusing on that. And then we layer on for the end customer and the end user so they can have a great experience. You know, and our goal is to make sure that everyone that wants to own an EV can have access to it and that we're, we're working to make sure that there's chargers around the corner so they can feel comfortable to do that to go cross country. Yeah. Who is your uh, main clients? And I mean, who who, I mean, who who do you usually market to or like, you know, for the end? I mean, obviously the end user, but yeah. uh, who who's your client? Yeah. So great, great question. Um, we can go from uh, one charging station to multi, you know, um, national Fortune 500 companies. Mm, okay. I can't, uh, I can't spoil it. The press release isn't out yet. But if you look, <laughs> uh, if you look on next week, Maybe on Tuesday, yeah, okay. you're going to see uh, an announcement from one of the hospitality companies. Nice. So you'll get uh, you nice. get a little glimpse into that. Okay, um, nice. So yeah, be on the lookout for that. So one uh, one of many. But we go to we go to market in a couple of ways. So we will do work with our Insight House. So we have a network called EV Connect. It's our EV Connect network yeah, where. Where um, if, if you're a site host, you want to put a charger on, we can manage that all for you. And then we have uh, what we call partner networks. So if you're somebody like a convenience store, for example, and you want to have uh, no no markings of eConnect, but all of your own, you can do that. And okay. so so there there's some you know we have NDA, so I can't disclose. Of course, of but, course. Yeah. You know there's a there's it's powered by EV Connect in the background. Yep. But it's been a, a great thing, and it's been interesting too. That market's really growing, not only from just a brand recognition for a lot of companies in the retail space mm -hmm. that want to do that, but from installers. Like uh, earlier today, I, I gave a session uh, in the um, in on their uh, the electric uh, I think it's called the electric drive stage or stage, um, talking about. In solar installers and the advantage for them when it comes to EV charging. Sure. So, and that's that's what you do from a network perspective where they can be their own and they can start it as their own business. 
So not only if they're installing solar, they can install charging to go right with it. Mm -hmm. And we provide them all the tools that they need from a network perspective to be successful. So are you building uh, a network across the country or are these more localized? All of the above. All of the above. Okay, above. cool. Yep. Yep. So, you know, um, uh, you may or may not have seen it. So Nevi, so one of the first Nevi awards was in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. So we are the, the backbone. So we are the network for Nevi working with uh, okay. sustainability partners and uh and national car charge so they were, we're gonna roll out the network for nevi over there and we've had cool. awards across the the country as well and in, in different pockets and there's rfps going out all the time for for all that funding because it's done on a state-by-state -state level yeah interesting yep. so who's your competition uh well you know uh each day there's a there's a new name to the list yeah, that's what um, I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, what separates EV Connect from all these other folks that are trying to get in the game? I appreciate that uh, that question. It's almost like uh, you know, lobbing a slow pitch softball. <laughs> right. Uh, so uh, you know, a couple of things. So uh, as I mentioned before, we're not a hardware provider. We we are the network solution that sits on it. <laughs> we work with great hardware providers. So okay. We have we have many good good partners that we're heavily entrenched with. So when it comes to supporting the stations, making sure that everything's up and running, very seamless integration with them. So that's been great. But what it allows us to do is focus our time on that software. You know, um, and what sets us apart there is that you know we've had a network for 14 years. We understand what it takes to deliver to that end customer. You'd be amazed at the driver calls you get. You know, yeah. anytime you get a 24/7 hotline, you get it. You get a little bit of everything, but making sure that from the you know 16-year-old brand new driver, first time charging an EV, to somebody that's in their 80s that's trying to figure out how to use their phone and charge and and do all of it. Yep. So making sure that we provide that end-to-end -end solution because <laughs> that support is so important. And whether they're on our network or a partner network of ours where they've got their own their brand and their label we're taking care of them so that their their end customer is happy because if your site host isn't happy the driver isn't happy you, you right, I'm sure yep so i got one probably stupid question and then one question i think is going to provide value okay i'll Which, go with the stupid one okay first. good yeah uh, i don't own an ev currently okay not that i'm opposed to it by any means i just haven't taken the plunge um, these charging stations are they universal like does the charger charge every single EV vehicle or does it only work on Teslas or only work on, is it proprietary in any way? What does that look like? Uh, so that's a great question. I'll, I'll give you a wasn't little, so dumb. No, it's, it's a uh, reason why I say it's a great question is a lot of people think about that. Yeah. You know, there's been several standards. So there was Chatamo, there's CCS, and yeah. then there's what you call NACs. And if anybody, you know, has been following a little bit in the, in the news, Tesla is yeah. the North American standard is NACS is what it stands for. Um, but their charger, they've, you know, gotten in with the U.S. auto manufacturers to put their ports in their cars starting in, in 2025 is mm. really when you'll start to see that happen. Yep. Uh, you know, there's pros and cons to each. Um, there's, you know, there's some good things with NACS. There's some good things with CCS. Uh, in Europe, they've got uh, CCS over there as a standard. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think what you'll see, now this is me just, as I look at it and where we're headed, I think you'll see a, a heavy push towards NACs. Um, from an EV Connect perspective, we're fortunate we don't manufacture the hardware. 
our great partners do. Mm-hmm. Now it's a headache for them sure. because now they've got a, you know, they, they needed to re-engineer their chargers and put the, you know, the new cables and ports and make sure everything works correctly. Yep. But our software just handles that and we, we take right. that in so that you can do it. Uh, but you'll see for, you'll see for a lot of years, adapters. You, so today, you, oh, Tesla right, yeah. adapter to go to CCS, yep. they're the reverse adapter that you'll see yep. there as well. Do you think there, it will be, uh, market driven or regular, you know, regulated like it is in Europe, where where all of a sudden we're going to say, nope, everyone has to be like this because our our phone chargers still are different. Yep. Do, do you how do you yeah. see it going here? Well, Europe, uh, there's a lawsuit over there for your phone chargers as well. <laughs> right. yeah. you, you know, uh, Apple's having to conform to uh, to a standard. Yep. Uh, which will which will come across. I what I believe will happen is the OEMs are going to dictate and drive okay. That. Um, and whichever way we go, the important part is we all go there together so right. that e- eventually when you, when you show up, it's a lot less infrastructure. Uh, the adapters work. It's not that big of a deal, but you know, I, I, I do believe we'll see that standard yep. because each one of the OEMs has been, has been following yeah, along. Right. Interesting. Well, you said you had a, you had a question that adds value. Well, now I got two. Okay. All <laughs> right. Here we go. <laughs> Just made me think of another one. So why? Do we even have to have a plug-in charger? I'm thinking like a cell phone thing. You have these pads that you set your cell phone on to charge your cell phone. Why can't a car just drive over a pad, universal pad, and get charged? Well, I'm sure that's possible, but uh, Joe will tell us why it's yeah. not not feasible well, right now. You know, it's a, it's another charging method. There there are companies that are out there that are doing it today. Hmm. Um, the you know, the technology's coming, like it's coming along. You're talking about a ton of electricity, though, that's flowing between that pad. Mm-hmm. So you have to be pretty careful. Mm. And your vehicles today don't come with the receiver underneath the car. Gotcha. gotcha so gotcha. See, I um, knew there had to be a reason. They, it, you know, there, there's some interesting technology. And if you think about it, um, you know, they're on, on buses and in some of the larger applications, they, they've, got, uh, mm. they've got some wireless charging. There's some things that are going. Um, I think we'll, you know, over the next five years, We'll see that continue to advance as long as the throughput can get there so that you're not having a lot of a loss or it's, it's slower charging experience. Mm-hmm. You'll get there because, hey, why not? Let's pull into the spot, sure. hop out of the car, don't even have to touch a plug. Well, how many, do you have an idea? I mean, I'm sure it's not, to, but do you have a general idea how many EV charging stations are out in, in the United States? So there's over 100,000 okay. charging stations right now. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that, that we do also for EV connect when you're, if you're using the EV connect app, we have roaming with, um, the other major players. It was like a sharing thing. It it is a sharing, you know, um, which is great so that if you're a user, last thing you want to do is have to go to three, four apps. Mm -hmm. Um, but there's also technology and a plug and charge that's coming along. So that we'll be releasing Mm -hmm. here over the next year. So that if, if you just want to plug in. If you're set up, that you can do that, you know, with the if the station's compatible. Does the uh, EV Connect have the largest network? We do not have the largest network. Okay. No. Yet. 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 Correct. Yeah. Um, what is the business model? I mean, is it a subscription-based thing? Is it a per-use thing? Um, there's probably multiple sources of revenue. There is. Yep, there is. Uh, so from from a end customer perspective, so why would a site host? come and do business, why would they yeah. want to get into charging? Um, they, they're making revenue on the charge. Okay. Um, and then, you know, like your, your grocery store chains, your retailers, it, loyalty points, right? So the, uh, um, gotcha. 
you know, That's we mentioned cool. hospitality is a big push. You know, uh, it's all about loyalty and, and having those additional amenities for those stores, especially. How do they get that driver in there for five more minutes? If they can keep it for five more minutes, it's big dollars. Yep. That's that's more wallet share for them. So, you know, that's that's the big thing for the site host. And now for like I mentioned, our partner networks, for example, you know, where where they see success is in the installation, in the maintenance of the stations. Yep. And then there's ongoing revenue for the software so that it creates a it creates a great business model for them. So they're not just installation, you know, kind of a point and shoot. You go in, you install and you're done. You go on to the next job, you go in, you install. And now you have a revenue stream that continues for you into the future. And then you're also the maintenance arm. So there's routine maintenance. Well, when you decide oh. to go to the, you know, the, the pads instead of the plug it in, someone's got to go and retrofit a hundred thousand. Yeah. There you go. Yep. To, to, to make that happen. So yeah. I, I can see that. What are the, like the biggest challenges when it comes to, um, I guess, installing a charging station. I mean, um, obviously there's, you know, acquisition, whether it be an easement or by fee or what have you. And then um, the infrastructure, available infrastructure to support the charging station. You're right. You nailed it. Exactly. Yeah. So how much power is coming into the building yep. or, you know, into the lot, wherever you are, do you have enough power? Um, and, and that's, uh, that's one of the big things that we do. So we'll provide a full turnkey solution if, if that's what people are looking for, you know, so we can have the installer go out. We do a virtual site walk. So we take a look at the, the power that's coming in. We do a lot of stuff virtually, but then we'll physically go out and do that assessment because you're what we call make ready. So it's from the, from the, the power pole to the charger and everything in between sure. that make ready side of the business is important because you know, if you if you want to put a DC fast charger in, for example, um, you you may not have enough watts, and you mm. you may need to be you may need to have more amps coming in, and that could involve new switchgear, even transformers, depending sure. upon how big your project is. But the other thing too that the software does, um, you know, not everybody's charging every single time. You know that so you have what we call load management. So you could have twenty chargers. You don't have to have max power to every single one of those charges at every time if you yep. don't have that capability, and it would be really expensive to do. So you manage it with the software. Interesting. And we even have people, you know, we have a couple of great partners that have a battery component as part of the charger too. So they'll, the, the batteries is filling, but it allows them to give a really fast charge with, with not as much draw. So you don't, you don't have to have the, you don't have to have that. That level crazy of service yeah, coming yeah. in yeah. and it also helps with your peak and off peak rates too right so what's the big what's the hot uh what does everyone want is it as fast charge as they possibly can or as many around do they want more or do they want faster you know uh it, it's a great question so we're seeing it's not quite 50 50 so okay. you're starting to see a little more dc fast charge right now because there's a lot of push for in corridors, in other, you know, in other hot areas where you want to be able to go in and get a quick charge, but your, what we call level two or your AC chargers, there's, there's tons of demand because for every one of your destinations, your level two is a great option and your make ready cost is a fraction mm, of what it is for, yeah, okay. for fast charging. Got it. Do you guys dabble in like residential charging solutions or is it strictly... So we we don't dabble in in residential. So if you think about residential, you, um, 
you know, maybe for lack of a better word, a dumb charger. So you put a charger on the wall and you plug your car in and it charges. Yeah. There's no, there's no networking there's no data coming back. Sure. But what we are doing is so for fleet applications, mm. so your mm. fleet, yeah, so your, your yeah. fleet vehicles. So today where they, you know, you've got someone that's uh, running a fleet vehicle, they, they have to stop at a gas station to fill up. <clears throat> well, tomorrow you can install a charger in their home and now they can charge the vehicle at night when they're not using it, but you need to compensate them for the power. So we, we put network chargers there. Interesting. Yeah, I was thinking that's got to be a challenge. Like, you know, our, our small firm has got, you know, say 50 company vehicles out there and our first EV is coming at the end of the year. And then we're thinking, okay, great. That's, that's awesome. And then, then I started thinking about, okay, wait, who's going to charge it? Who's going to make sure it's charged? Yeah. Where is that going to happen? We, manage especially in fleet you manage projects all over the place yeah. how do you know okay that this given day you're going to have enough to get there and yeah. manage through that network and yeah. i'm guessing that's something that you guys have have thought about and have a plan for it, we we do and and it is it's important because you've got charging at home right you have charging on the road now on the fleet side that's another interesting application too because uh if you think about the the convenience store Right. So if, if you think about somebody's business model that they, they really have to look at the future when we think about going from centralized fueling to decentralized fueling. So, you know, days of old, you go to a gas station to fill your vehicle. 90, you know, 98 percent is, is happening at the gas station. Now, when you can charge at home, you can charge in all the other places. What does the convenience store do to make sure that their business mm. model is still relevant? And that's part of the, you know, part of the things we're doing with the software is how do you attract drivers? You know, what do you, what do you do from an incentive perspective, even on, on fleets, like the fleet cars, they're just used to that business coming to them. Mm -hmm. Well, now how do they, how do they get that fleet driver to, to charge, but then come inside, you know, like come inside and buy this or buy that. So it's, it's about wallet share and how do you do that? I never even thought about so connecting, to, yeah, about, to connect right? in the, the, the incentive to the longer yeah. you're there or just being there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you got to charge for a half hour, yeah. come inside, you know, take a look around, you get 20% yeah. off your first purchase or something, you know, <laughs> or you get points at, you know, right. the, 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 yeah. the circle K's business model will eventually suffer if there's not charging sure. stations. Right. I'm sure. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. And, and you, you think about the, the margin on a cup of coffee. Right. Pretty lucrative. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Pretty lucrative. Uh, talk about the, uh, the culture at EV Connect. Um, so, so we, uh, well, a couple of things. So we were acquired by Schneider Electric oh. in June of last year. Yep. Okay. So that's actually made us the, the largest EV charging company from a, a size and scale perspective. We are wholly owned though, so we're able to operate and run our business the way that we need to be because it's a very agile space. Sure. We've got the great backing from the organization. And, and as you know, from Schneider Electric, they do everything, uh, you know, all the gear and everything that you need from an electrical perspective, plus, you know, microgrids and you name it, anything that you would need. So we got a great partner there. But as, you know, when it comes to the culture, it, they, you know, we're independent, so we're able to to act like a startup and and be able to be nimble and really support our customer and and be be quick to market when when new things come up. So it's it's a it's a great fast paced culture. Love the people. You know, it's a it's a great organization. You know, when you when you think about teamwork, 
you know, if, if there's an opportunity that's coming up, everyone's pitching in from, mm. from our product and engineering to marketing to sales, you name it. Uh, we, we go forward. And you know, the other thing that you'll see too here, um, you know, in, uh, in the month of October, uh, I mentioned that it's a platform, but on, on top of that platform, other providers can ride. Mm. So we, we're actually, you know, we've, we've got a partner network of solution providers that are going to come on as well. One of them is a parking solution. So if you think about charging, charging in parking lots, now you can marry up who's there using video technology, using gate mm. technology, and you can seamlessly inter integrate all that stuff together. So we become that base layer, and then we can add on those additional softwares. So it's, it's a really exciting, really exciting time, and I'm, I'm thrilled about the technology yeah. because it's made in such a flexible way that mm. we can grow. And, and who knows? what the next partner will be, but we're, we're then able to also help them be successful in their business model. Sure. That's great. Sure. It goes back to that. Uh, we got to do this together, you know? Yeah. That's been a, it's been a general theme is a, a lot of the different people here recognize they need every partner yeah. and all the, the right. network of team. Cause no one can, nobody do can do it all. Yeah, right. Right. Interesting. Yeah. What else you want to get out there, Joe? Uh, well, you know, I, I think that, when I, you know, when I think about EV Connect and I think about the opportunity, you look at the stats, you know, uh, from now to twenty, uh, you know, to twenty thirty. Yeah. So we're gonna have six x growth Jeez, in the, crazy. you know, in the next seven years. Yeah. There are not enough installers. There's not enough infrastructure. So if you're if you're thinking about it, if you're contemplating, hey, do we want to get into this business? We'd love to talk to you. You know, I, I would say that, you know, when you look at EV Connect, not only from the overall support for the end user, but then support for our partners and for everyone that we work with to help mm -hmm. them be successful. Because if, if they're not successful, we're not successful. Sure. So if you're, if you're thinking about it, please do reach out to us. We'd love to have a conversation and see if there's something we could do to, to work together to help us with the ultimate goal of um, being the, the world's cloud provider to providing electricity as a fuel. So that's great. EVConnect.com. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, Thanks, Joe. This has been great. Yeah. Appreciate your time. Gentlemen, really enjoyed talking to you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Appreciate it. Enjoy the show. You too.